Hey guys, this is uh, Jan and Max from the Stack Investment Club. We have both been uh, investing for over two years. I think we have, you know, enough experience to somewhat talk about um, some of the market conditions, some of the valuations right now, and maybe we'll talk about some investment decisions. How are you doing, Jan? I'm doing great. Thank you for inviting me. And um, I have to say, we probably are experiencing one of the most weird years in the last in the last century. Um, even we had the experience with COVID, where it, the feeling was like everything was going up, everything was um, winning value. And right now, this year, we have the the feeling the other way around. Um, actually, since the war in Ukraine and since the starting of the interest rate hikes. We have the feeling like everything is going down besides oil and gas. And um, we have one of the longest beer markets in this century. And right now, it's actually quite hard to be an investor because finding that stocks that actually give us value and that actually give us a good return, I think that's one of the biggest challenges at the moment. Yeah, for sure. And maybe just, you know, uh, just one quick comment on the on what you said, finding the right stocks with the right value. Um, what I try to do sometimes is find the stocks that kind of can pass on the inflation onto the consumer. Do you know maybe one stock that, you know, can do that? I think there's many stocks that actually have such a strong market position that actually I think could do it. Like maybe a uh, Coke could do it um, because it's a, a product that actually has so much power and um, can even have like such a big market share that actually is able to pass that inflation up to consumers. And I think consumers still would uh, keep on buying and demand wouldn't, uh, wouldn't decrease. Yeah. Um, what's your thought on it? Yeah, my thought is, is basically the same. I, I, I like to pick uh, companies that can pass on uh, their increased prices, their increased you know supply prices. Um, onto the consumer and the consumer won't really think twice about it. I think it's important to, to, to pick companies that, like you said, have a, just a strong balance sheet, strong history, especially at the moment. Also because investors are nervous about what's going to happen in the you know, next year. Just bouncing off of that idea, when do you see the market recovering actually? So I was reading actually, and I, I saw like a normal, an, an average beer market lasts for 289 days. Um, we were quite close to it. And we had like already some days like Monday and Tuesday were, um, looked bullish. Nevertheless, um, I don't think we're going to start recovering until the Fed stops hiking. Um, because every time the Fed hikes, it's actually, um, putting more pressure on stocks and investors expect a high return on stocks. And I think that's going to be one of the main keys. At the same time, um, the increase in oil and gas prices is putting a lot of pressure on many industries because the costs are rising. So I think there's still space to keep on being bearish. Uh, nevertheless, I would hope and expect 2023 to have a different <laughs> outcome than 2022, but you never know. What's what's your thought on it? When when do you think the markets are going to recover? When do you think we are going to be again on a bullish rally? Yeah, that's a good question. That's the the question everybody is asking. But I'm uh, I totally agree with uh, with your 
with your analysis there. I maybe even would say that we're going to have to wait uh, even longer than 2023. I think it's going to be somewhere mid-2023, maybe even start of 2024, just because we've had such a crazy unfolding of you know series of events you know with with covid the war first of all let's just make this clear covid was an event that has never happened before in the history in this way in a modern economy pandemics have happened before but not in a modern economy like we are today and especially like we have here in the in the us with a service-based economy right we need human interaction so I think that this really had big implications on the future. And I think we're going to have to, you know, sit it out. And actually, you know, based on, on, <laughs> on, uh, on this happening, I also think that valuations, um, will even come down further other than maybe, you know, like we talked about Coca Cola, uh, just companies with a, with a, with a strong balance sheet. And, you know, I, I, you know, I look at P ratio, price to earnings, uh, especially, and I just try to compare the, the stocks with the sector average. That's, that's what I'm trying to do. And even right now, do you see this more as an opportunity? Do you see it more like lo- as a long-term opportunity or do you see it more as a risk? Yeah, I, I see it as a long-term opportunity, to be fair. I think us as individual uh, investors, we are in an, in a, in a position where we just know less than ins- institutional buyers. That's just the way it is. And I think that's, that's also why us as individual investors should take on less risk than everybody because there's just less information around. And plus we don't have usually that much budget to play around with. That being said, I think most most people that listen to this podcast are fairly young, right? And I think also that uh, as a young investor, you should maybe take on some more risk than your parents because you have so much time in front of you, especially if you don't need to use that money in the next, you know, let's say three years. Yes, no, definitely. Like the best advice you can give to somebody is actually staying over time in the market, buying and holding and actually um, being able to keep on sticking to your strategy and uh, trying to move forward because at the end, that's probably what is going to give them the best results. And um, afterwards, if they are able to analyze their investments and make the right decisions in the long term, it's going to be a good reward even to invest in recessions because it's a moment where you can find the best opportunities and jump into great companies at a completely lower price than you would have done in 2021. Yeah, for sure. And also, again, <laughs> reacting to, on that idea, um, right now you can get some of the greatest companies with a discount. It's like going, you know, shopping and seeing, you know, the 30% discount on, on, on the, I don't know, Nutella you love. <laughs> you know what I mean? So... And also this, this can also be a risk for especially young investors because they some read some articles. Yeah. This, you know, this, this company is going to go through the roof. It's going to go, you know, 150%, which usually they don't. Let's just be honest. And now the great companies just have a lower valuation and, um, or a lower price. And that's why you could, 
you know, jump in on that. And actually, do you have any sectors that could maybe have a return in the short term? Okay, I think in on the one hand, in the short term, I think the sectors that are probably going to give the better return are probably energy sectors and utilities, mm-hmm. mainly because uh, with the, with the sh- short ages after the stop of supply um, of Russia to Europe, I think energy and utilities are still going to have a good last a good last quarter, um, and at the same time, having this shortage in in shortage in offer um, actually makes it more attractive for investors to actually jump in and um, be part of the of the earnings. At the same time, oil and gas had already a great year. They had um, one of the best years in the last 20 years, and even uh, they were paying dividends who are, uh, that are very attractive for, for shareholders because it's, at the end, it's an industry that actually gives back to investors and actually is able to reward the investors. And I think in the short term, they are probably be the bigger like the bigger success and the and the biggest winners. Uh, nevertheless, I think in the long term, it's not going to be oil and gas. I think in the long term, oil and gas is going to um, come back to to normal, like to the to, to the normal average of their own of their own earnings. And at the same time, I think other industries are in the long run at the moment more attractive than oil and gas, as probably oil and gas are currently slightly um, going to a space of over- overvaluation and at a very expensive price. So I think going into industries like maybe consumer staples, consu- um, consumer discretionary, or even uh, industrials could be quite attractive for for retail investors and for long-term investors. Mm-hmm. What do you think about it? Yeah, I, I, I have the same, uh, the same view. We're actually, just for listeners out there, we're doing the Bloomberg Trading Challenge also as part of the investment club um, where we try to maximize our P&L in the next two months. So we're actually looking at short-term gains and that's why we're especially looking at in, at oil and gas and energy. Yeah, and even like uh, during the Bloomberg Trading Challenge, our experience is giving us like actually finding uh, the winners within hot industries is even harder than finding the winners within not so winning industries because yeah. at the end it's easier to see who is actually doing things right in an industry that is not growing than actually finding the ones that are doing better to the peers in industries that are too hot and i think the effect in oil and gas is the same like at the end you see everybody's winning in oil and gas mm-hmm. nevertheless you don't really know who is doing better than the peers mm-hmm. um, because everybody's doing so good and everybody's growing and everybody's uh, having bigger earnings per share. So it's kind of hard to analyze the industry. Nevertheless, you jump into consumer staples and there you can see who still holds the better profit margin, who still is increasing revenue, who is still um, increasing the operating income. And um, after seeing all this and seeing how much free cash flows they have, then you can actually jump into this type of stocks and have a good expectation for the, for the, long, for the long run. So now we actually get into the back end of this uh, this podcast um, where I'm just going to give you one quick uh, advice for the for the inv- individual investor. So what would one advice be for you, Jan? Stay in the long term, invest early, uh, jump in early, 
be steady and even like if if at the moment as a student probably as a student because our listeners are mostly students if you have an income um plan plan ahead go with 10 15 20 percent of it and start investing start um start early because i think that's the best advice you can have um and invest into good businesses and things you actually understand because at the end it's it's hard to understand what pharmaceuticals <laughs> uh, how they add value and how they are better than the peers so i would try to invest into something i understand even if i'm a consumer i'm even happier about it but i think that's probably my 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 advice for for retail investors how about you what do you think i just think we sh- you know you should stick to the to the saying Water your flowers, don't water your weeds, and cut your weeds, don't cut your flowers. What I mean by that is, you know, usually your winners keep on winning. That's usually what has happened in the past, and especially now with this mar- these market conditions, just the previous winners um, with a strong balance sheet, let's, let's add that, uh, they will probably keep on winning. They can probably survive this market. They can probably survive these conditions. Um, that would be my, you know, kind of, kind of tip, um, for, for the individual, uh, individual investor. Also, maybe sell off some of your small holdings that are, were like some, you know, tech, pharmaceutical, times 20, you know, investments, because everybody has done that. Everybody has, you know, they see some article on the internet saying this will go through the roof and they're just, you know, riding the wave, they buy it. And then right now I have the same things. They're 60% minus. I think there's, there's a feeling we probably all had at some point, uh, 2021, everybody felt like a good, like everything felt like a good investment, like a good investment. And even you saw like people were, were buying stocks at completely higher prices. Nevertheless, right now they wouldn't buy the same stock again yeah. at, at a cheaper price, at a cheaper price. What do you think is actually the logic behind it? Like it's the same company. It's the same operations. They do the same. And in 2021, many people thought it was a good investment. And right now at a discount, they don't think it anymore. How do you think this works? Uh, this has all to do with sentiment and risk appetite. You know, it, it's this is the this is the hard part of investing. Welcome to investing, guys. <laughs> no, I I that that's why again, I think we just strongly emphasize to look at the balance sheet, look at the numbers, the cold hard numbers, and then add some other people's opinion on them, and also. Guys, when you see something on YouTube, some YouTuber talking about, you know, stock or some article on uh, uh, BuzzFeed about a stock, just look at some other sources, another source. Just look at some of the numbers. Look at if this company actually is profitable and then make your reasoning. Yeah, definitely. And what, what are your thoughts actually on things like, like crypto at the moment? So... um I know we have different opinions on crypto. I need, I, I know that different, you know, people in, in our investment club have different opinions on crypto. I am probably one of the people that, um, has some interest in, in crypto. Nevertheless, I never had more than five to 10% of my whole uh, portfolio in crypto, 
right? So I am definitely interested in it. And I think if you look into crypto, you gotta look again, just the same as as with uh, with, with with stocks and, and companies. You gotta look at the projects, the crypto projects that actually add some value, that actually make sense. So I would I would look into again Bitcoin, Ethereum, but other cryptos. Look at you know the projects that actually add value and actually make sense and and could survive in the longer run. Guys, I don't really. Enjoy NFTs. If you enjoy NFTs, <laughs> good. Um, yeah, I, I still don't think you should have more than 5 to 10% of your money invested in crypto. No, never. Like, I, I, I'm completely on the same page on uh, with cryptos. Nevertheless, I think we actually have to understand cryptos. And at the end, cryptos is, is a tool. It's a currency. And the goal is being a currency. Yeah. So actually, the, the value they could add in the future is immense nevertheless mm-hmm. um at the moment my feeling is like it's hard to see the winner like it's very hot it's very um it's it's increasing in value over over the long run um and it's very hard to see who is gonna remain the winner and if crypto is actually gonna be a thing in our daily in our, in our daily life yeah. and nevertheless i think they add a lot of value and the way it's structured it actually gives a lot of power to consumers because it would be actually um, a private currency and a currency that actually protects consumers from um, different entities. And I think that's very attractive. And in the long run, it's absolutely going to be a thing. Yeah. Afterwards, I wanted to ask you also about what's your thoughts on Alibaba? On Alibaba? Alibaba, just short, short interaction. At least for me, it's a great company. They have a strong balance sheet. They have... Um, Good cash flows, like it's if you if you go for the for the fundamentals, it's a great company, and you see they have a great business, and even they are market leaders. Like um, there's so many good things. Nevertheless, the price has been going down for I think the last year, and at the mo- at the moment, I think it's close to the to the lowest point yeah. in history. Do you think it's an opportunity? Do you think it's a risk? I think it's an uh, opportunity for. The long haul, <laughs> like uh, we've said before, the the problem with Alibaba it's an uh, ADR that stands for American Depository Receipt, right? So it's a Chinese company, uh, which is also trading on the American market. This is already the first thing that scares people off, uh, especially now with the war, especially now China, you know, moving. To friendship also with countries like Russia, uh, Azerbaijan, uh, they're you know being more aggressive with Taiwan. Um, that's also one of the the factors that scares investors off because the government has the Chinese government has so such a big impact on the Chinese companies. Like you said, the balance sheet looks great. <laughs> I agree. Um, again. Um, for the people out there, you can take a risk, especially when you're young. But again, I would still focus on the on the on the American companies more than the Chinese. If you're not sure about which Chinese company to invest, there's always ETFs out there, guys. Yeah, so. yeah, it's absolutely ETFs are such such a big opportunity to actually jump into industries we don't really understand or we don't really know, and they actually give us the opportunity to. Um, even balance risk. Okay. 
Okay, guys, that will be it for today. Uh, thank you, Jan. Thank you for jumping on this uh, this podcast. I think it was a was a good one. Thank you so much for inviting me. I enjoy my time here, and I would come come back every time. Right. Uh, just a quick note, guys. This is not uh, investment advice. This is we are not uh, financial professionals. We don't hold a license. Um, use this as your as your entertainment, and maybe you get some also some value out of it. Always read all their stuff. Thank you, guys. Have a, have a good day. Thank you.